Hello, this is me, Madeline, editing the episode, posting the episode to the internet, releasing the episode to the ears. I don't have a ton to say. We took a week off, and I think that we are going to switch to a bi-weekly schedule going forward. That will be confirmed in the next episode, but I already kind of confirmed it because I know that I do not have time to watch a movie this week, as I am extremely busy. But enjoy this week's episode. It is the first in our Bill Paxton series. Stick around to the end to hear a Barnes and Barnes song that has a music video starring Bill Paxton, and I will link that in the description. It's very good. And I apologize for the sound. We actually switched to nicer microphones, which proved their niceness by picking up the echo in Alfred's game room even clearer than it was before. We are going to work on that and try to make it less echo. And aside from that, all should be good. So keep in touch, and I'll see you around. Back with the table? No, I'm supporting my back with the chair. But now the table's pushing me back against the chair. So, so you're really wedged in there. Yeah, no, I, I just slid my chair up as much as possible so that... Would you, would you like me to push the table at you? Yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it. <laughs> Oh, that's really... Okay, we're good. We're good. On, this is like a saw trap now. Yeah. I am recording, by the way. I did start recording, so that entire uh, interaction... No, I think it's good that people know how we do this. I think it's great that, that people... That I slam you with the table to start. <laughs> I've locked the box. The wax is spinning. We uh, don't get out until it's, until it's over. We're not allowed to leave... The table gets slid forward when we're done, but till then, I'm I'm locked in here. Yeah, much like with the saw trap, while one of us is speaking, the table moves toward the other. <laughs> yes. So we're strongly incentivized to keep talking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on... What? You're not talking. The table's going to get you. No, the table got you. How I was play acting. Oh, it was really impressive. Yeah, I it's, had a half a semester like of, a, yeah, of a theater <laughs> arts. Well, that's how, a callback to our aperitif. Oh, that's a callback to over five years ago well, when we first started yeah. this podcast. It's weird that we don't mention that more often. That we've been doing this for five years five straight? Five consecutive years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And, and by the way, to the loyal listeners, I'm sorry that we took, a, I think, a week off. We did. Um, although we did put out a double long episode. Yeah. We, it was really long. <laughs> it was long. And uh, I did say in the episode that we were taking a week off. Yeah. No, I didn't think that they were surprised. I'm just saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. I feel badly. Nope. Bad. Well, I don't know. How would you describe the way you feel? Badly is a description of the mechanism. Right. So would you say that you feel bad well? I would say both are true. I feel bad and I feel badly. So how can we know if the first is true? Um, well, I... Well, I'm totally spun. Yeah. That's that's a, a conversation in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Well, sort of. Yeah. Ours was better. Well, <laughs> I was... I was quoting Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in our conversation, so ours is like... You were referencing it. I was re- No, I quoted it. Mm, then you it's quoted it It's a description it of the badly. mechanism. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, Well, how are you? I'm well. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm in a good mood. We watched a movie that I watched a long time ago. In fact, I didn't realize how long ago it was. Me neither. 
Uh, I saw, I mean, I guess I, I could do the research yeah. by just conducting a quick survey of my memories. Yeah. And I watched it when I was in college. So I know that it was a long time ago. I watched it in high school. Yeah. And I don't think I've seen it since. I have not. I believe I do actually own the DVD. Do you really? Yeah. But it, it would be like blurry, yeah, non-HD I DVD. don't care. If you don't want that, I want that. All right. Well, I'll look I around for it. I still have a collection of over 300 DVDs. It's probably in a store in a space where things have been stored. Okay. But I, I can go take a look. See no, I'm, and I'm not kidding about that. Like, I would love to have that. I'm sure you would. Yeah. I love well, physical media. What's in it for me? I'll continue doing this podcast with you. Ugh. I won't edit your voice. I won't pitch your voice up in the edit. That's but, what you've been doing this whole time? No, but I, 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 I will sound like that. start. Oh, man. <laughs> no, that is what you sound like. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll go look for it. Okay. Not right now. We'll do it later. Yes. Um, well, have you watched anything else? I have. I always want to, I want to do a check-in. Just to see if I've been paying attention to other media? Yeah. I, I went to the movies last week ho- hoping that we might be able to squeeze a, a quickie in. Uh, in the theater? Yeah. I saw the movie The Northman last week. Okay. Oh, I see. You're talking about sex. Yeah, <clears throat> with with your wife. Yeah. <laughs> well, The Northman might have done it for her. Have you, you have not seen that, I assume. I have not had a chance to see it yet. No. Yeah, it stars um, the handsome Skarsgård. Oof. Right, Alex, Alexander? He is a Viking man. It's, no. a, it's a cool reunion between him and his co-star from Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. They have a similarly fraught relationship. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's weird. I thought I was going to like it more. And yeah. I, I usually don't go into a movie expecting to like it at any, any level. I try really hard to avoid establishing an, expect, uh, an expectation of, of uh, I don't know, appreciation or enjoyment. Yeah, I really try, try to avoid. try really hard to enjoy something. I try really hard not to expect to enjoy anything in, to any particular level. I like to let the work sort of take me there. Yeah. I find it's a natural level. Yeah. For some reason, mm-hmm. I thought that I was going to really like this. And I think because I went in with this expectation that it was going to be, I don't even know, cooler. It's just slightly more disappointing when you don't like something you expect to. Yeah. And frankly, there's a lot of stuff in The Northman that I thought was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as I get older, I find my emotions are more easily uh, triggered by movies. Mm-hmm. There's a sequence where um, he visualizes, or I guess he hallucinates really, uh, that he's being taken to Valhalla on the back of a of a <clears throat> uh, winged horse with a Valkyrie. That's cool. And it, like made me cry in a yeah. way. You know, I just got very emotional. Mm-hmm. And it's not a movie that's very emotional. It, mm-hmm. It's almost it's sort of about a person who frequently say says out loud, "I, I feel only hate." <laughs> so it, it it doesn't have a wide range. But in this one moment, this sort of like expectation that he might have fulfilled his destiny and mm-hmm. been rewarded moved me. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's you know, it's a it's an easy watch. It's beautifully shot. It's uh, Dave Dave Eggers, Robert, Robert Eggers, Robert Eggers, yeah, and uh, he did the Lighthouse, yeah, which I have seen. He also has directed the Witch, mm-hmm. which I have not. I have seen the Witch. Oh. He's one of those directors that people really fucking love. Like they think he's you know an auteur, and he's only made a couple movies. I like him quite a bit. I loved the Lighthouse. But it's not the it's not the kind of movie I like crave to watch again. And The Witch, I I think I thought I would like The Witch more than I did. I like The Witch; it's very good, but it's just a little dour. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. this movie was also quite dour. Yeah, and that's sort of, I think, why I wasn't like, I need yeah. to get to the theater immediately to see The Northman. Hearing that makes me wonder if he's like a misanthrope, because yeah. I think the... I, oh, think, I think he is. Yeah, I think the the uh, the one in the middle, the, the, the lighthouse, also had a real dour uh, sort of feel to it. Yeah, kind of, but it's just so goofy. Right. I mean, that, as like, goofy it as that could me. be about, yeah. Yeah, about two guys growing to destroy each other. Yeah. I guess, I mean, if people are farting in a movie, I'm kind of into the movie. I don't know why. Yeah. I, after I saw the movie, it's I, I said... funny to document farts. I sent a text message uh, to, to our mutual friend saying that I'd seen it. He asked if, we, if it was good. I said, yeah, it's good. I think I recommend seeing it in a theater. I will warn you, though, um, it's about two and a half hours long, and there is not one moment of levity. Like, <laughs> it is... Heavy. That was me. You said that too. Yeah. Well, also to Greg. Oh, yeah. Greg is in that chat. Yeah. <laughs> Our mutual. I guess I I reacted to it more than he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. But you know, it's it's cool. So that's the Northman. Mm-hmm. I still recommend it. And frankly, if you can see it in a big screen, do that. Yeah. And if you can see it in a loud, you know, audio system, do that because it's got this um, pulsing like Scandinavian. Uh, uh, chanting yeah. behind it, man. I really want to see it, and it, and I, you know, it almost feels like the the old. It feels like a two hour, you know, uh, entree into like a death metal album that's going to melt your face, mm-hmm. you know, or that Swedish de- black metal. You know, it, like I could, I kind of get it in a way. Watching this movie made me more interested in listening to that music, mm-hmm. which I have no interest in. Yeah, but it, it's cool. There's a really cool, fun thing. Um, people on Twitter are saying it's like a white supremacy movie. Which, uh, that does sound like a really cool, does, fun thing. <laughs> Thanks for waiting for me to get to the end of telling everyone to see it. Well, uh, I, I, it's Vikings. I know. Yeah, I know. The white supremacists are trying to claim everything exactly. that, that ever happened. Every every yeah. example oh, no, of the masculinity. Whites, I don't believe the white supremacists are claiming it so much as people on Twitter are accusing it of, oh. um, which I, I think is a. It's just dumb to yeah, think that all art must, you know. Well, that actually reminds me of, uh, um, there's a video game. Mm-hmm. came out probably seven years ago or something. Yeah. I have it on PS4. I can't always think of the name of it for some reason. I believe it's called For Honor. Okay. And it's like a fighting game that has a first-person perspective. Right. And you can either be a member of the, like, we'll call them Crusader Knights, mm-hmm. Vikings. Yeah. Or a Samurai you know eastern you know soldiers <clears throat> samurai really and when that mo- when that game was released there were articles written about how the alt right had seized upon this crusader class as like a throwback they seized upon the phrase deus volt mm-hmm. which is something that, that these crusaders uttered you know it was one of their battle cries and so it's not totally surprising to think that white soup that there's a link you could draw between this hulked out Scandinavian mm-hmm. Superman. Yeah. And, you know, I guess the fact that it's set in Iceland and this fictional country that I think is meant to be Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're, the cast, I think, is exclusively very white. Yeah. But, I mean, it is a, a type of person. They, I know. It, that yeah. is what Vikings look like. Yeah. 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 I mean, I haven't seen it, so I can't thoroughly comment on that. But I just think it's funny that... Which is people really like getting upset about things. So I think I was wondering if you find any 
Well, interestingly, I thought, I mean, it was, it was about how they were all slaving each other, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, they would raid these villages. There's a sequence. There's a, a probably four or five minutes. I don't know, maybe longer than that. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a single shot that tracks uh, Skarsgård's character, Hamleth, which actually apparently is the, the, the point of origin for Hamlet. Yeah. Shakespeare's Hamlet. Mm -hmm. So this is, Eggers insists, this is at the very least inspired by events that really did occur. Yeah. So there's this uh, tracking shot where he invades as a berserker, you know, raider, and it's violent and cool and mm -hmm. you know beautiful. And then they immediately kill all the boys and keep all the the women and girls because they basically eliminated that population. So I, I kind of understand why it might be perceived as, you know, a, uh, a you know a template. Yeah. What is it? Is it pro? Well, I don't know. Yeah. He's the hero. It's like he's... How interesting. The movie doesn't... Yeah. Uh, there's an aspect... I would say there's an aspect of it that suggests... I mean, there's 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 a handful of characters in the whole movie. There really only are probably five or six characters. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe eight. And uh, One of them is Bjork, who I think is a hallucination, I think. Yeah. Who insists that he go fulfill his destiny. Mm -hmm. Another is Anya Taylor-Joy, who was one of the people that was sla enslaved when he raided the village. And she, she's, you know, she's sort of the voice of reason, but not really, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's a certain, there is a counterpoint to his insistence that he go finish this like childhood quest for revenge. And I guess the movie's position is that it's potentially futile to, you know, to hold these long grudges. Yeah. But he is absolutely framed like this you know, Viking God. Interesting. The last yeah. scene is Skarsgård and his antagonist mm -hmm. having a nude sword fight. All right, <laughs> over, I'm going to go see Overflowing lava as Sold. an Icelandic volcano Absolutely. explodes. Yeah, yeah it, looks, it looks like a music video. Um, I want to see the nude sword fight. Yeah, I think they're wearing, I think they're tucked. You know, they're, they're no, tucked. Yeah, we didn't they're see. They're tucking. We saw no, uh, nobody hung down. That's too bad. Yeah, I know. I feel, I felt terrible for my wife. Well, I'm going to go see it. Yeah, well, yeah, give it a try. If yeah. it's out, you know, it's, it's probably better. I mean, then I could also respond to you 80%. as you talk about it. So, yeah. Yeah. That um, would move the table back toward me. <laughs> You're right on the edge of the, the ledge. I have not had time to go to the movies except for to go see Everything Everywhere All at Once again. Which I cried twice as much. Um, it's a very the good second time. Movie. It's so good, and but I I have watched quite a bit. I'll I'll go fast. I did see Frankenhooker at my Frankenhooker screening, which uh, started very late and was a disaster at first because there was a they have a soundboard in that building, and there was a um, adapter for like plugging something with an aux cable into the mixer. Okay. It was just gone. Oh, no. So I'm like, oh, well, we got no sound. So I had to run home, get a speaker system and some cables and try to figure it out. And uh, eventually we got sound. Is, is there a lot of sound in that movie? Yeah, there's quite a bit. I, I'd say that through would, the whole runtime. That's a shame. Because yeah. if it was... If it was soundless. Yeah. If there were only a few very memorable sounds, yeah. you might have been able to simply fabricate them. I will say my um, my first attempt at fixing it was like with cables um, so I kind of like, yeah, what do you, what do you call it when you jerry rig, jerry rig. Thank you. Uh, 
um, a bunch of cables together to get it plugged into the mixer and only music came through. So every time someone opened their mouth to talk, it was like, ah, and then it was just the music sounding perfect, um, which is really odd. Wait, was it different music or was it just the music? <laughs> it was the music from the movie. It wasn't like I mean, it was like Frank the Hooker background opened her mouth sound. and trumpet <laughs> blasted out. I wish that was. It was, al- it was, it was always revelry. <laughs> no, it was like for some reason the range that like voices are in. Okay. was just not coming through. Yeah. But then all of the background sound and music was coming through. So, yeah, we had to use my computer speakers in the bar. But it worked. The movie was good. People liked it. The turnout was decent. Um, I sweat profusely while introducing it because I had been running back from my apartment with speakers in my arms. Yeah. Um, but it was a good time. Then I watched On the Plane... To California. Have you seen Cube? Yeah. I, watched, I saw that probably 20 years ago, too. I watched Japanese Cube. Oh, what is that? Is that a... A remake of Cube that came out last year. Last year? Yeah, in Japan. It was bad. That's funny. You Cube know, is like one of my favorite movies. I fucking love Cube, and I love the Cube sequels. Like, Cube 1, Masterpiece 2. Hypercube? Goofy-ass, fun time. 3, surprisingly good. Great effects. Cube remake, Japanese Cube. It sucked. Now, the first Cube, that was the movie that sort of ended with the idea that uh, they built the Cube it's just a, just because it was sort of like government subsidized. Yeah. You know, everybody was working at I, I reference this all something. the time. That yeah, like, we're all part of the It was cube. a whole bunch of people working on government projects and yeah. they were asked to make a part of something. You got to do something with the money. No one was in charge. And when they put it all together, they're like, uh oh, what did we make? Well, we made it. Let's turn it on. And like that. Now it's running. I guess we should really put people in it. Kind of cool, like philosophical thing going on it's, there. It's almost Kafka esque, the idea it that, that a, a bureaucracy would create something that is both a maze and uh, deadly. Yeah. And it also is like low budget. It, it, it's very like theater feeling. Like the style of acting feels very theater. Yeah, it was all shot. It feels like I think every scene is in one room. I believe they had one cube and they just redecorated it. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's like they took out all the smart stuff and then put this really, really like... For the Japanese cover of Cube? Yeah, this like weepy suicide story in. And it's just bad. It's funny. You know, I I guess I might just not know much about the the flow of American art to uh, Japan. Mm -hmm. But my experience with that sort of... um, it is rare. Relationship is the, yeah. We usually it's very rare. We yeah. usually take their art a few exactly. years later and and put it America, make it less Japanese. Yeah. So this was their revenge for all the horrible remakes of Japanese horror. Is they did a bad remake of Canadian sci-fi. <laughs> so <laughs> they got us. Yeah, they got us. Got us again. They got us again. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> But we took yeah. our eye off the ball. I was so excited when I sat on the plane and I was going through the movies and I saw Cube. I, it was like the best moment of my week after having had a shit week. Uh-huh. And then I was watching it. And I'm so- like, oh, this sucks. I mean, I watched another um, Korean movie on the plane, but um, whatever. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the uh, next one. So I watched a movie called Fangs for another podcast I was on. My buddy James has a podcast called. Cinema Oblivia. Okay. It's a very good podcast. I'll, I will link to it. Um, and he's had me on a f- 
three times now. This is my fourth time on his show. That's fun. This movie called Fangs from 1974, also known as Snakes, also known as Snake Lust, also known as Holy Wednesday. Uh, about old man named Snakey Bender who uh, has a, over a hundred snakes and his kind of profession is he, he catches snakes in the wild and sells them to universities. And, uh, Why is it called Holy Wednesday? Because uh, he does everything on Wednesday. Like Wednesday is his day of the week. Okay. It's like in the small town, everybody goes. Is the phrase Holy Wednesday uttered in the movie? It is, okay. except it's unholy Wednesday. And the priest says it to him. Oh. He's, he calls it his unholy Wednesday. Well, that's a good it's a jumping good. off point to try to tie our next subject into but I got it our accidental theme. A little bit more about it. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, it sounds okay. like it's about snakes. Like, yeah, yeah. So he does it every Wednesday. <laughs> to the town and he shows off the snakes to the little boys who give him mice to feed the snakes and then uh he does his grocery shopping and then he heads over to his uh best bros house to listen to john philip Sousa records and rock out and it's like all he wants to do like that's all he wants to do is hang out with the snakes and listen to band music and um and then he also, there's a lady. Who, Where's the conflict, Madeline? This doesn't sound like a movie. Well, everything, everything he loves goes away. And then he has to get revenge on everyone. Even the snakes? Yeah, actually. His best snake, Lucifer. Um, His best but, snake is called Lucifer. Yeah. this guy, I swear, this movie has a weird religious theme. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. It does sound It's like... really funny. Highly recommend Is it funny on purpose? Things. Uh, I believe so. It's too... Honestly, it's too well made to not be intentional. Yeah, there's too many very specific big swings. And this is a movie I saw a 35 millimeter print of back in like 2017. It was falling apart. And after I saw it, I'm like, I need to see this movie again. And I could not hunt it down. Um, And then a few months ago, I think, I was talking to a friend about it. And the next day it went up on Shudder. So if you want to watch Fangs, it's on Shudder right now. And if it ever goes off Shutter, you may not be able to watch it. And Shutter, that's with two D's in the middle, not two yeah, T's. Two D's. Yeah. Shutter. No, I, I get it because yeah. it's like you're scared. Yeah, you're yeah, it's a horror movie channel. Yeah, yeah, but the sh- but the word Shutter has something to do with film and I, I, that's oh a, Shutter like a camera yeah. That's really lens. just me. I always yeah. have to kind of check it, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you're right. You got it. Isn't it sad that art disappears like that? I know that's a real easy thing to just say yes to. I'm not trying to spur any further dialogue. I just I feel sad when I discover that a movie was made, yeah, and that the the film is basically gone, and nobody made a backup because yeah. it was cost costly to make backup film back then. It's it's funny because I used to be really involved in like the bootlegging community before um, streaming media was a thing. So I would like go on forums and I had a list of like discs that I had mm-hmm. that or like tapes that I had and I would tell people what I had and then I would trade with them for other bootlegs hmm. and so it was all like on internet forums message boards things like that it's possible you've just confessed to a felony but I don't oh yeah, <clears throat> I don't care probably but yeah. I don't, uh, yeah. statute of limitations oh yeah this was like what 20 years ago this was 2020 yeah. <laughs> this was during the pandemic but um streaming media killed the bootlegging community for the most part Torrenting, I think, was the first. Yeah, that would be like, like a but then Napster, basically, right? That was kind of torrenting. Yeah, kind it of. was still doing pretty well, and then it stopped doing that well, and then streaming media like completely killed it because mm-hmm. 
there there's so much online that people kind of stopped hunting. Yeah, you no longer they have to possess interest, it. Yeah, in hunting down hard to find rare things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the community is still out there somewhere, but, you know. Yeah, there's probably a guy the world is who changed. has like all of the all of the all of the world's mm-hmm. biker movies. Yeah. I actually know that guy. Yeah, do you really? Yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I did some work for him. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I I agree with you, especially because now it, it seems like it's getting even m- m- more like art is becoming more ephemeral. Yeah, yeah. There's way more. I mean, I don't know that all content is art, and I often describe what we you know what art. I often use the word content to describe art in a sort of a pejorative, mm-hmm. or even as a joke. Um, you know, I don't know that everything absolutely needs to be preserved. Mm-hmm. It, it's nice when you go back and find some wild thing from the 80s, you know, that you, I can't believe they did this. Yeah. It was just some cheap TV show. And, I, you know, like, I'm glad that someone hit record. But, you know, I, I think you're right. There's a lot more. There's just so much. I'm actually shocked mm-hmm. by how much stuff there is. Every day somebody asks me if I've seen something new. I just, I can't. Yeah. I can't see it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why we're talking about this. It makes me lucky, feel lucky, yeah, that we record these things on the on the wax, on the wax, yeah, because yeah. this is physical. Yeah, I mean, if anybody, I mean, what's the first thing you think of when you think of wax? Uh, Forever melting? Uh, no. <laughs> Forever. We 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 record these in the invincible medium of wax. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. No, nope. I keep them in the trunk of my car. They're this, safe. This is permanent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Fangs is very funny. Highly recommend. Yeah. Highly recommend. Holy Wednesday. I probably won't watch it. Yeah. So I think that's all I had to talk about. You said you saw a Korean movie. I don't know if we have to talk uh, about no, that. No, I didn't. It, it was called um, Hostage Missing Celebrity or something. Um, it was a very popular Korean actor playing himself in it as a celebrity who gets taken hostage yeah it's just like a pretty straightforward thriller it's very good if you see it uh uh, available on a plane i recommend you watch it but that's really all i have to say about that one okay yeah yeah oh i did i do have one more oh keep going then for a story it's getting really far away from me (laughs) a story of horror club last monday i um I showed a Friday the 13th supercut. So it's Friday the 13th revision is what it's called. It was put together by filmmaker Jorge Torres Torres, who's done a few movies like Fat Tuesday, Shadow Zombie, Bride of the Shadow Zombie. He um, produced and and edited, I believe, Toad Road, which might be the most famous of, of his work. But he, as a hobby almost, does these supercuts of franchises where he'll take a whole franchise and cut it into one single movie with a single narrative. Hmm. Yeah. That's a neat hobby. And so he did all of the Friday the 13th movies, inclusive of like Freddy versus Jason. There's even like a couple shots from the remake. Um, But it goes through like one to 10. Uh, (laughs) And he had the one from space in there. Yeah, that's 10. It ends. That's like the whole end. Yeah. Because uh, once Jason becomes nanobots, there's really no going back. So he's like, I kind of had to keep that at the end because you can't really reverse that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so we showed that at the horror club. We were nervous because we normally show kind of popular horror movies. Like we did The Ring at the last one. Um, like Verbinski's The yeah, Ring. Yeah, I think we talked about we it. We did talk about it. But this is definitely the artsiest thing we've ever done. And 
Uh, I think the 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 guy who kind of started the, the club. supercut of all the Jason movies was artsier than Gore Verbinski's remake of The Ring. Somehow, yeah, it was really. It felt very experimental. It's the kind of thing where if I like walked into an art gallery and saw it playing, it would feel at home. So it has a higher, I guess we'll call it production, or not production value, but like a higher quality than the sort of supercuts you'd see on the internet. Oh, significantly. Okay, like this is made by a professional editor. All right, yeah, and, and it actually feels like a movie and not just like a. Not just like a uh, it's not, collage it of yeah. Jason. No, it doesn't feel like a collage. It it doesn't feel. I mean, it's not a traditional narrative in oh, any sure. sense. Oh, sure. There's going to be obvious yeah. issues with respect to continuity of color, even. Yeah, but like the there's not exactly a, a story so much as it is like a flow. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think it's like a very long dream. Yeah, that's it. Kind of exactly. It is. It's almost like dream logic now. But if you take, you know, twelve different movies. And edit them into one movie and try to make it, you know, feel like a singular movie, you wind up with an art piece. It's like deconstructive in a way to turn it into something totally different. Yeah. And um, it sounds it, like a lot of work. Uh, yeah. That's why I think he, it's, he said it took him like three to four months. Yeah, I would believe that. Yeah. And this is his hobby. If we, yeah, if you and I decided to sit down with movies like that were thematically similar but different, you mm-hmm. know, like Alien and The Thing. Yeah. And splice it all into one interesting miasma. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be impossible because I'm not any good at it. But yeah. you know, I, I I can understand the the thrill of it, mm-hmm. the the art, the artistry. Uh, you know. Yeah, but um, but it is funny that he would do it with Jason movies, though, because I don't picture them as having. Although maybe they're they're flat sort of cart. You know, like yeah, they're low product. Pr- pr- no, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? They're not that artistically distinctive to begin with. Yeah. So there's probably a lot of overlap. I, yeah. get, I bet his costume doesn't really change. Uh, not really. I mean, in the uh-huh. first two, he actually doesn't wear the hockey mask. So he's sack mask Jason. Yeah. But then it's really just him and the hockey mask. And like until, a blue jumpsuit, right? Until 10. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That one in space has one scene that made me laugh where he picks up a woman in a sleeping bag and, and slams yeah. her like a... Like a yeah, like a bag of ice on the ground, mm-hmm. which actually is based on a kill from an earlier movie. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know because there's, you probably have not seen them all because, quite honestly, they're not very good. Yeah, I've only ever seen them on television. Yeah, too. I never. I've, I don't think I've ever watched one in the theater. Yeah, or on a tape or anything. So I'm sure I've seen the edited for TV. I mean, I've seen like you know retro screenings of one and two. Like at they, the Alamo Draft House. They used to be on TV all the time. Yeah. Friday the 13th. Like, on WPIX a, 11. I'm not a big Jason fan. Like, I'm not really, I, for someone who absolutely loves horror movies and watches like all of them, I'm not really that into slashers. I don't think anybody's a really big Jason fan. That's a stupid sentence. I'm sure people are. Oh, yeah. I'm, that, I'm assuming this guy you, is. You say stuff sometimes that's like, just like not right. That was the wrongest thing you've said on this podcast. Really? People like Jason. Oh, obsessively. I thought that he was sort of. Almost collectively accepted as the lesser of every of every horror movie bad guy. No, really, like a hard no on that. I I would say he might be the most popular. That's interesting. Yeah, more than M- Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger. Yeah, well, Michael more Myers than the just alien isn't that distinct. Michael Myers isn't that distinct. I mean, he doesn't. Yeah, I, I mean, like if you saw five guys and I told you one of them is Michael Myers, I might be able to figure it out. You might pick. William Shatner. I might pick William Shatner. Yeah. yeah. At, at, at this age? Yeah. <laughs> well, but like people like Freddy because he's funny. People like. Yeah. People like the other yeah. ones because they are distinctive. 
Yeah, but Candyman, Hook. No, they don't. <laughs> I'm I mean, of course I referring think... to Captain Hook. <laughs> That's what I was wondering if you were referring to yeah, Captain from, Hook from the Spielberg movie or the wrestler from AEW Hook. Um, I can't think of too many others. I'm not really. I'm not really are. into the slasher yeah. genre myself. Yeah, no, but um, I would say the majority P- of horror head. fans. You don't even know what Pumpkinhead looks like. You think he has, you think he has a pumpkin head, don't you? Yeah, he doesn't. Damn it, he's like a weird like dino monster. That's a um, terrible. Yeah, Pumpkin Man rules. It's not Pumpkin Man. Oh, Pumpkin Head. Pumpkin Head. He comes out of the, he comes out of the fields. He's got a pumpkin head. No, he doesn't. You go ahead, go ahead, look it up. Look up Pumpkin Head. All right. Well, I look up Pumpkin Head. Um, you talk more about Jason. <laughs> Well, I don't like all the Friday the 13th movies. And watching them cut together like that made me want to watch things I know I don't like, which was really cool. Um, The club loved it. Like, people were like, that was so cool. You know, that's something that you're not going to see anywhere else. Yeah, that's not a pumpkin. That's what every pumpkin I've ever eaten looks like. Pumpkin head doesn't have a pumpkin head. He's like gray and alien looking. Yeah, I hate him. What? That hurt my feelings. Missed opportunities. <laughs> They're like honest what? And that people lo- also search for pumpkin head kid. Oh, who's pumpkin head kid? Is that his baby? It's just his kid. It's just his kid. Looks like a the kid from Every Jer- Jerry Maguire. <laughs> Jonathan Lapinky. Who he knows how much a head weighs. His name is Does brilliant. he know how much a pumpkin weighs? <laughs> We're now just looking at pictures of this kid and laughing. Yeah. Is this anyway. mean? Is this bullying? Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, Jorge Torres Torres, the director, the filmmaker, the editor, whatever, um, he came out to Horror Club. It was the first time we ever had talent there and like That's cool. did a little QA. It was really fun. Is he from New York? Yeah, he lives in New York. I don't think he's he, he I do not believe he is a native New Yorker, but he does live in New York currently. I really only meant for the purposes of traveling to the... Yeah. No, he wrote his bike. It was a story, right? He wrote his bike. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care if he was born here. He said, is he from New York? Like, oh, yeah. Did he travel from New York? I, I misspoke, <laughs> obviously. Holy moly. But yeah, no, that was, that was awesome. What's his lineage? <laughs> All right. Um, before we jump into the movie, uh, I would like to bring back uh, the segment that we started on the last episode... What's in Merms's mind? What's in Merms's mind? Um, Merms has some thoughts. Oh God! So good. I, I meant to say, oh good. <laughs> so Merms' feedback on the last episode good. was uh, none. Uh, <laughs> he seemed to quite enjoy it. <laughs> Why would we do this? <laughs> he did say uh, that we should do an episode on, of observe and report and. He would like to be on the show with us for that. Okay. So maybe someday in the future. I see no reason why we shouldn't let other people dictate what we do. Uh, well, this is Merms. Merms. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm sure he exists. I'm positive <laughs> he's real. I got to meet. I, I'd already met his, Perfectly his plausible name. I got to hang out with his baby. Uh-huh. And his baby says, oh my goodness. Oh. And now that's all Matt and I say to each other. That's really sweet. It's really cute. Yeah. He's a good boy. Does he live in New York? No, he lives in California. Is he from California? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Native. Cool. Um, 
Yeah, fine. We can do. I've never seen Observe and Report, and I wanted to when it was out. It's really good. I'd also like to see the uh, the movie with Jesse Eisenberg, where he learns karate. Uh, Art of Self Defense. Yeah, yeah. Have uh, you seen that? Yes, and I, that's Riley Stearns. And so there's a new one, Duel. Duel that I oh like to see. Oh my god, Duel is one of my favorite movies of the year. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah, I saw oh, it at Sundance. Cool. Yeah, it's so good. It looks fun. It's really weird. Yeah. It's like honestly more. Um, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, mm-hmm. that uh, Greek director. Yeah. yeah. So I would say that Duel ha- is like kind of leaning in the direction of like I having. I, yeah, I saw a trailer yeah. for it. it, it I kind of got the vibe. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's. It would be wild if that trailer's vibe <laughs> did not match the vibe of the film. <laughs> it really would. I should yeah. watch the trailer and let you know. Holy yeah. moly! He he did another movie called Faults. That one's a bit older. Um, it's with, a geology movie. What? Hmm. Oh, no. Uh, Geostorm is a geology movie. I'm not sure that's true either. It's not. It's like a space movie. It, it, yeah, Geostorm that, sucks. Geostorm looks like a knockoff of Armageddon. Oh, man. I love Geostorm. That's not true. I hated Geostorm. You like Gerard Butler, though. I love Gerard Butler. Did we ever talk about Cop Shop on here? No. AMC no. let me watch it early. I was with in you. In its crummiest theater. Yes. <laughs> because I oof. bought 100 shares of AMC stock. <laughs> To try to squeeze the big investors. <laughs> uh, the best part of Cop Shop was at the very beginning when they showed like a cell phone video of Gerard Butler introducing the movie. Yeah, soaked in blood. And he just told this insane story about like how he wanted to be in the theater with us, but then someone like beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so sub- I think he was very drunk in that video. Hold on. Something yeah. funny happened. I got to think about... What what did we see? I think it was for the Northman. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> so the AMC the, I, AMC should sponsor this podcast yeah. because I'm one of. Well, I sold all my stock. The, I, uh, I still hold shares. I have about fifteen. The uh, and I bought them when they were four dollars. Ooh, smart! Now we they're saw, worth twelve. No, so. they're higher than that. Mm, I don't think so. Market's shit right now. The um, they put it in the Dolby theater, so we we went and sat down at our seats and. Uh, Prior to the movie beginning, there were a bunch of sort of benign trailers. And I was surprised. I thought I was going to get to see some like weird, edgy stuff. And then right before it started, um, the cast of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 started thanking us for coming to see the movie in the theaters. Oh, that's the terrible <laughs> movie. And I, and I thought, why would Sonic the Hedgehog care about me seeing the Northmen in theaters? Oh, and no. so, you know, my wife, she said, are we in the wrong theater? <laughs> I said, I don't think so. They're very, you know, like... They really pushed that this was the Dolby theater. This is this is the we are in the theater for Dolby, so I'm pretty sure we're in the right place. But uh, and then the Northman started. That's really good. But it was bizarre for a minute. They're like the, the so, people like you coming up. to see movies like this that keep oh up and and that yeah. So it was you know John Ralphio and I guess Idris Elba <laughs> and the guy the handsome guy Marsden. All just smiling at us. And then, and then this, the Northman then this, Yeah, then there's this like chanting begins and it was brutal for the next two and a half hours. Yeah. I wonder if that was an accident. I bet that was an accident. I hope that was. I bet not. they had Sonic queued yeah. up to be in that theater the next oh, day. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so they were setting up all the pre-roll. I do kind of wish that it had been not the the actors who voiced the Sonics, but the Sonics themselves. Right, the little, the little. Yeah, ro- I was oh, gonna call them robots. Those ro- yeah, James Carey. <laughs> James, what's James happening to me? 
he, didn't, he went by James Carey when he was on In Living Color. Oh, man. This blew the mic. <laughs> Just shrieking James Carey. James Carey. Oh, my God. James Marsden in <laughs> The Northman. Uh... I can't remember why I was talking about that. Uh, oh, because because a cop shop. Oh yeah. And he, he 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 made a whole little mini movie about how he had to fight people to get to the theater after dropping out of a plane or and something. It was sold out or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's not the movie that sold out. No. <laughs> and we also liked it, I think, because we read that he actually shot a few of the stuntmen. <laughs> And he like broke another one's yeah. like spine or he just kept beating the shit of, out of people. A lot of people died making this movie. Oh, man. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> you know, I give it like a B plus, B minus. Yeah. In that in that B range. That's the kind of maybe a C. If 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 my father died making chop cop shop, I'd feel sad. <laughs> I would be like, ah. That's that's gonna be the name of the episode. Not not, <laughs> not my uh, if my father died making cop, cop. shop. <laughs> I'd feel sad. I wouldn't think it was worth it, I guess. <laughs> like if my, you know, if he died making Jurassic Park, I'd be like, eh. At least it's one of the best. I mean, yeah, a lot of yeah. people love that movie. And then it was Cop Shop. And then and then I was like, oh man, how did he did he hurt did he did he save someone else? No. Gerard <laughs> Butler shot him <laughs> while doing a stunt. <laughs> Nobody talked about that. Alec Baldwin kills a person. Everyone's all crazy. Oh man! Yeah. Well, I wish I hadn't made a geostorm joke because I don't even—I don't remember what we were talking about. Oh, we were talking about Riley Stern. False. False. Yeah, it's a a, a movie about a. It's Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who was his ex-wife, um, but was his wife at the time of making said movie. Uh, she has been uh, brainwashed by a cult. And her parents have kind of abducted her back hmm. and are holding her in a hotel room. And they find like a cult expert to come in and deprogram her. Okay. That's really good. Honestly, I think Riley Stearns is, is extremely talented. I really like him. Okay. Yeah. So well, recommend on all those three movies. Riley Stearns. Yep. Geostorm. Geostorm. And Cop Shop. Cop Shop. Those are the three recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. This is a podcast about Cop Shop. <laughs> That's the twist. <laughs> Alfred is an old DVD of Cop Shop in storage, and I want it. Yeah. Yeah. I somehow have one that's 20 years old. <laughs> so um, well, That's why I was so curious to see it in the theater. The movie we're actually talking about is Frailty. Frailty. Yes. Um, Bill Paxton's 2001 psychological horror movie. Directorial de- debut. He also starred in it. Yes. He had directed one thing prior. Mm-mm. Yes, the Barnes and Barnes Fish Heads okay. music video. I apologize. Yeah. That's that's correct. You know, Fish Heads, Fish Heads, really Roll totally Fish, fish Heads. heads. Um, yeah, he was buddies with uh, Barnes and Barnes. Um, really weirdo. I mean, you could call them like a novelty act. They were on Doctor Demento a lot, but mm-hmm. uh, he also did the music for Crispin Glover's single album. Um, I love Barnes and Barnes. I got a bunch of their shit on on vinyl because uh, it's all weirdo shit. Um, one of them was the kid who played Will Robinson as an adult, like from the original Lost in Space. Yeah, but uh, he was buddies with them, and he had been in a few of their music videos, and and he directed one of their music videos. So that was his first. And when would he have done that? Oh my God, early eighties. Okay, so that's a. All right. He was in a new wave band called God Martini Ranch. That's I right. I think that's mm-hmm. it. 
that had music videos directed by James Cameron. They were buddies. They were good buddies. Were they buddies because of Aliens or beforehand? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Either way, um, I I love. I feel Bill like Paxton. he showed up in almost everything he did after that. Yeah, Bill Paxton was like one of those kind of character actors that, like, just worked with everybody and was always very good. Well, yeah, he 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 was always very energetic. <laughs> it seemed like he gave everything he had to everything, which was fun. I remember when I saw one when I was a kid. Uh, Mission Impossible and Twister were out at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and I went and saw both on the same day. I bought tickets to, I think I probably bought tickets to Mission Impossible. And then we snuck in to see Twister after that was over. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a little bit crummy. I never liked that movie. Yeah. And I, I didn't like Bill Paxton in it. Oh. Well, who cares? I've never seen it, actually. He, he doesn't care that yeah. I didn't oh, like it. Well, he doesn't. Yes? He's dead. Yes. Yeah. I know. He's, um, whatever. My point is, I don't yeah, think he would I, I was very sad when he died, Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I, I grew to really like him over time, and, yeah. I, and I think I went back and started to see him more in movies mm-hmm. where I didn't know him previously, yeah. right? You know, and so he started popping up in movies I enjoyed. Yeah. And then I started to like the character in Twister more. I just found, I was like, all right, I guess I was sort of off the mark on, on his whole demeanor yeah his his ability to be both kind of like a lovable everyman and then be absolutely batshit in like other roles yeah he has a capacity for earnestness mm-hmm. which is uh really charming and and, and and he's a weirdo i believe at heart he really is like an oddball yeah he was young in the 80s yeah he, apparently he was 61 years old when he died and he died about five years ago six mm-hmm. years ago yeah uh he died in 2017 yeah, yeah. So let's think. Well, I don't want to do math, but you know he would have been in his twenties and yeah. the 80s. Well, he was forty six um, in frailty. I, d- I did the math because you know it, it was very attractive. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, how, how old is this guy? <laughs> yeah. He had a weird haircut. <laughs> yeah, like he always looks goofy, but I, I find him. I think he's kind of sexy. So yeah, well, he's really he's very good mm-hmm. at being very enthusiastic. And sort of seeming like uh, he needs to get not like you know kicked in the teeth a little just to yeah. sort of take it, take some of the air out of his tires. Yeah, uh, and he definitely puts that to effect in this this movie, mm-hmm. and I think to real menacing and I think I think it's a scary performance. Because, it is because he never once uh, lets on that he's doing anything. Yeah. That he's, you know, uh, that he's acting in a way that is unusual. Yeah. Actually, it, it's really, it might be his best performance. Who knows? I mean. Who could say? It's one of his best for yeah. sure. Um, which is funny. Like, I think even in in interviews, he, he said he thought he was overacting. In this movie? In this movie, yeah. Well, he was the director. He probably has a much more critical view of, of, a, himself. of his own work. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. So it, this was the first feature he directed. It was one of only two features that he directed. I've not seen the other one, but the it was... The greatest game ever played. Yeah. I, I have no idea what that is. I, I didn't even look at it. It is possible that it is a golf movie starring Shia LaBeouf. That, isn't that um Holes? Nope. <laughs> That's a different movie starring sounds, Shia LaBeouf. Sounds like it could be a golf, yeah. like a golf movie, right? Like I'll golf say this: holes? having not seen Holes, yeah, I would be very surprised if that was about golf. Why? 
Because the ads are about kids digging. Them? No, I saw the, the commercial. Oh, it was, it's about children being yeah. forced to, uh, to dig know, holes. To dig holes in the desert. Yeah, which that happens in, in frailty too. Actually, a child it does. gets forced to dig a very big hole. Yeah. Yeah. So um, before we go on, should yeah. we? Are we? I get. We have. We can't talk about the movie without talking about how it ends. Oh, right? I, I think we should make the assumption that the people who are listening to this podcast have already seen this movie, or don't care to, or don't care to. Sure. Yeah. Okay. We um, always do that anyway. Yeah, because I feel this, like there's always a, a value in simply having this conversation now mm-hmm. on tape or, or wax on wax, so that people ha- have plenty of time. Yeah. To weigh in their heart. Yeah. Whether <laughs> this is the one, or they go watch the movie. Yeah. Just to see what we're talking about. But Frailty has been out, it's over 20 years old. This is this its point. 20 year anniversary. Yeah. yeah um, or maybe last year was. I don't, yeah, I don't last recall. Year. Like, I forget if it's 01 or 02. I 01. thought it was 01, but. It is 01. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. I mean, I, I pulled it up earlier so that I could confirm that. But um, yes, uh, Frailty, 2001. Um, so yeah, it's over 20 years old. I, I, this is a movie that I think a lot of people watched and I think this was like a blockbuster movie. That's how I saw it. You mean you saw it at blockbuster video? Yeah. I rented it from blockbuster when it came out. Did not see it in theaters. I, I don't think it did phenomenal. I saw this movie in theaters. Well, you, you like lived at a movie theater, didn't you? (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's that one right there. (laughs) You did? You lived there? Mm Mm-hmm. I made a little fort out of popcorn tubs. <laughs> and I just stayed in it for a uh-huh. while. No one noticed. Nobody noticed. Nobody cared. Nobody looked. <laughs> but right. So, um, yeah, I because I saw it in high school, rented it from Blockbuster. I barely remembered it. In fact, watching it um, this week. It was very different than what I remembered it. Watching as. it for, for this, I actually forgot that sequence where he makes the kid dig the hole. I was like, there's a lot more. That was one of the few things I remembered. What I didn't remember was all the murders. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, I remember the murders. Yeah. Because I had it in my head that it was way more thriller than horror. Way more in your own imagination. And Yeah. And probably because at the time when it came out, I wasn't really watching horror movies yet. Mm. So. Yeah. I was talking about this with a friend of mine previously, mm-hmm. you know. Just, I guess, while I was putting together my own thoughts about the movie. Yeah. And I think this movie is sort of in the mold of Seven or Copycat, and that it's a sort, sort of a, a serial killer. It, it's yeah. it's sort of offered to the viewer as a movie where an FBI agent talks to the usual suspects, too. That actually. was what I was going to... I was... Talks to a... Immediately uh, when you were done talking, I was going to be like, it's structurally Very similar. Suspects. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. talks to somebody who's recounting the events of a series of murders. Mm-hmm. Uh, had, have you seen the movie Copycat? Oh, forever ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was out when I was in high school. So that was mm-hmm. probably about 97, 98. Same yeah. years as, as seven, actually. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I got, I think that the seeing it now, you kind of forget how many of those movies there were for a minute. Mm-hmm. And so I think this was one of the, I think this was designed to appear to be another movie about a serial killer with a pattern who's, um, you know, being pursued by the FBI and the FBI is in sort of turning to someone who can give them advice to help track this guy down. And mm-hmm. to that end, you can track it to Silence of the Lambs, you know, Manhunter. Yeah. Same idea yeah. in principle. Yeah. But this one is a little... was a, a little, popular genre at the time. Yeah, very popular. Yeah. Kind of like the erotic thriller. Mm-hmm. In, in that window of time in the 90s, there was a lot of... There were a lot of copycats. There was like a, a template you could use and people kept going to the movies to see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, right, so... Yeah, I think structurally, The Usual Suspects, uh, watching this, I, I was sort of like, I don't think 
this movie would have come out if it, you know, it, it's so similar to the usual suspects. Well, I think, yeah, I feel like I said that to you when, when we proposed talking about it. It's yeah. like, you know, I remember liking it very much, but it's one of those 96 to 2002 yeah. movies. And there's a lot of like, uh, borrowing from each other there there Mm -hmm. were like three movies that everybody ripped off for about five years but then it also has a lot of uh, like influence like the one that i i like flagged immediately was hitchcock like there's there's shots in it that are just like taken directly from hitchcock like done practical having his head floating in darkness like Mm -hmm. zooming out um a lot of the camera movement feels very hitchcockian um so i mean there's a lot of talent Oh yeah! Like I wouldn't have guessed it was a first-time director. Do you do you want to guess what Roger Ebert gave this movie on his star scale? Four. Four. Do you know that? I did. I I yeah. I grabbed a quote from his review actually. With the first line, because the first line is really intense, or the first paragraph ends with an intense quote about you know the being caught in the thrall of a of a like a firm a fervent believer. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Perhaps only a first-time director. Oh yeah, this is good too. An actor who does not depend on directing for his next job would have not would have had the nerve to make this movie. It is uncompromised. It follows its logic right down into hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, I thought was dead on. I don't always agree with Ebert. I think he nailed it with this one. Um, I know you always I, agree with I Ebert. I agree with him way more than you do. Mm-hmm. I don't always agree with him. I think he missed uh, the point of death to Smoochie. <laughs> I think a lot of people miss the point of death to Smoochie. Yeah. Death to Smoochie rules. It's, a, it's an interesting movie. Yeah. I think that was, I think that one is from the mind of Danny DeVito, and I yep. think a lot of the time Danny DeVito movies are. I think he was ahead of his time as a director. DeVito's a weirdo. Yeah, yeah. Frankly, the fact that he jumped into It's Always Sunny really speaks to his being a, like he's just ahead of his time. He yeah. seems like an old guy that wouldn't like this, and he's been there for now whatever twelve years, fifteen mm-hmm. years. Anyway, right. back so, to yeah. frailty. Yeah, frailty. Um, so you want to give quick plot synopsis before we? Go further. Uh, yeah, I feel like I might have already done that. But basically, uh, an FBI agent has a conversation <laughs> with <laughs> someone <laughs> who has knowledge of a serial killer who calls himself God's Hands. Yeah. And uh, over the course of this retelling of events, we get to see the uh, interviewee explain his upbringing. He's one of two brothers. Mm-hmm. Bill Paxton plays dad. Mm-hmm. And... Everything was fine until one day, Dad was visited by God yeah. and told to start destroying demons yeah. who look just like people. Uh-huh. And so the movie's about a kid who's in a battle of wills against his very religious father who is confident, 100% certain, that he's been given a holy quest yeah. to destroy demons that look like people. <laughs> so Matthew McConaughey yeah. plays the older version of the kid. Who is um, the interviewee? Yeah, who's walked into the the FBI station or whatever? Is that what it is? An FBI station? Yeah, um, he's back at the station. Powers Booth is the FBI man. What a cool name, isn't it? Yeah, um, that can't be his real name. I don't. I have no idea. No human. I don't know very much about no Powers human Booth. Pa- no human parents have ever said, "Look at him." Let's name him Powers. Powers. <laughs> Uh, and then um, the young version of Fenton is played by um, an actor named Matt O'Leary, who I'm a big fan of. I think it said he was introducing Matt O'Leary in this movie. So this may have been his, like, 
Is it his first film? I'm, I'm looking at it. I watched it yesterday or, or two days ago, yeah. and, I, and in the credits it said introducing, and I thought it said introducing Matt O'Leary. Yeah. And then it, I thought to myself, there's only like six parts in this movie. He so was, who's yeah, that? Exactly. <laughs> he was in a, a made-for-TV movie called Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire before this, mm. but he was also in Domestic Disturbance. Um, oh, this kid got it rough. Came out the same year as Frailty. Uh, so Matt I mean, O'Leary. I mean, even assuming Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. Is about what exactly what it sounds like. He's had a lot of movies where he's got parental father figure issues. Yeah, he's got some parents issues. Uh, yeah, which also I want to mention. Part of the reason I was so psyched to talk about this movie when you suggested it is because it just feels like a continuation of the God, the God conversation, the traumatic parent experience conversation. Like it kind of flows well from the topics that we've been. Okay, so let's yeah. just let's nip that in the bud right off the top. Okay. Do you think that the experience, the parent-child trauma experience in frailty? Is more severe or less severe than the parent-child trauma experience and everything, everywhere, all at once? I mean, as someone who was called fat by a parent. It's a push. Less. It's a push. <laughs> um, interestingly, the Northman also has sort of a, a father-son yeah. uh, pain dynamic in it. Yeah. I mean, that's a topic that's in, you know, a quarter of yeah, You think media. people will talk about that. Yeah. You think people, we won't. We're not going to. We did. It's done now. It's done. We finished. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Matt O'Leary pretty much grew up acting. So from then, uh, from 2001 in Frailty, he consistently was, he was working. Was he born acting? Yeah, he was born right out of the womb. He uh, was. This is a true situation. Wearing a costume. He was born fully clothed. <laughs> he, he, was, he was bigger than normal, wasn't he? <laughs> Okay, wait. Quick, quick sidebar. This is good. Um, because this here's I, a new segment. <laughs> Madeline's gonna tell a story about an inside joke <laughs> from a text chain. I can't, I can't stop laughing about it. I keep mentioning it to Matt over and over again. Um, it was a uh, a, a news story with a <laughs> poorly worded title. Yeah, and uh, our friend Greg took a screenshot of it and sent it to us. With the with the the caption, I, I read this incorrectly, and um, I'm finding it. Oh my god, <laughs> I have, I I have it saved. Why am I doing this? Um, I'm gonna cut this part. No, no, I don't Here, think you should. It's, it's, mom gives birth to huge baby who's already wearing clothes. <laughs> right. Um, and then the the next part was. Uh, big enough, like close for like a seven year old or something. Eleven like, month old. Eleven month old. Yeah. So a seven year old. <laughs> How big was that baby? A third grader. Yeah, but mom gives birth to you. Baby was already wearing clothes. <laughs> I just I can't stop laughing about it. <laughs> so uh, that was what I was referencing there. Um, I hope you enjoyed the new segment. Madeline stops Madeline everything in the middle of the conversation to explain an inside joke. We might refine that. This is the first time I think we've described that as a segment. And frankly, it's not fair to pin that on you. We talk about things from our personal, personal lives, texting adventures, our text, our our text chat. Yeah, but so maybe what we'll do instead, uh, moving forward. I is mean, should I tell the listeners what, uh, <laughs> what I have the chat named on my phone? Go go ahead. It's wheels out for Obama. Okay, I mean this. I'm not going to explain that one. <laughs> yeah, I. I think you should quit while you're ahead. <laughs> oh, wheels out. Um, 
All right. So I found a review of Frailty. Yes. I don't know exactly how I found it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Oh, no, I do know exactly how I found it. Uh, I wanted to ask the question of you. Do you think this movie's blasphemous? <laughs> Did this movie blaspheme? Do you think? Well, so we talked about Benedetta. Yeah. And then we had another conversation, thanks to Merms, that uh, you and I were a little on the fence about whether or not Benedetta was blasphemous. Yeah. Or, I guess, perpetrated blasphemy. Right. And then we kind of came to the position a week later. Yes. That its very existence was blasphemous blasphemous in the eyes of Merms. Yeah. So this movie, also very much about faith, I think. Yeah. Because it's... And it's about whether or not a person who fervently believes that he has been tasked by God, mm-hmm. the Christian God, you know, in a way there's some common threads with Benedetta, yeah. right? This is about a person who has lucid, vivid visions mm-hmm. and then acts on those. Yeah. Is this a, a, a blasphemous movie in your opinion? I don't know. The ending does make it a little trickier. Yes, the ending makes it really tricky, actually. So Especially I, because I thought, I mean, from the way it's depicted <clears> to <throat> to how he talks about it, I was 100% this is schizophrenia. Right. Like he had a schizophrenic break following the death of his wife. Yeah, and his and his zeal yeah. inspired his son who wants to... You know, who sort of holds him in that position. Like the scene where he sees um, God for the first time. um, And it's it's like he's in his bed and he sits up and the camera pulls in on a trophy that has an angel atop it. It's like a sports trophy. Yeah. You know, like you got playing soccer as a kid or something. Right. And a light shines on it and he looks like he's having a stroke. An epiphany. Yeah. 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 And um have you ever seen the movie Super? No. With Rain Wilson? I'm not, I've not seen that yet. I know that's a... We've talked about that movie. There's a very similar scene in that movie. Mm-hmm. But in that movie, he's clearly schizophrenic. <laughs> but um, I just thought that that was like a really interesting uh, like c- comparison between yeah. the two movies. Where well, they feel they're on like this incredible mission that they've been given by God, but like, and he full, he fully believes that he's in the right, and yeah. in fact that is that that he's in not even not, not just his own personal right that mm-hmm. he is per- performing acts that are necessary to prevent, I guess, apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. I googled frailty movie blasphemy; mm-hmm. those three words, yeah. and I found the website movieguide.org. Mm. And the headline is Frailty Movie Guide, Movie Reviews for Christians. Ooh. Yeah. So. Okay. Do you think this movie has been recommended by Movie Guide, Movie Reviews for Christians? And hold on. Before we go further, I want to be clear. If it sounds like I'm being glib, I'm not. I'm actually very curious about this stuff. And I keep saying that about all these movies that we've been talking about lately. No, I I agree. I I have no... I do not think it is funny to laugh at somebody's faith personally. No, yeah. And and I'm surprisingly defensive of my dad's Catholicism despite not being uh, chosen. Yeah. Though, yeah. Sure. So what do you think? Damn. See, this is hard because... What um, what what really what Bible story is it? Frailty. No, no, the one that they're they're referencing in Frailty, where uh, Abraham, talk about Abraham Abraham was asked to kill his sons, and uh-huh. said no, and like 
But God wasn't sympathetic, or he didn't no, take God, pity on me? God basically Like he was, did Abraham. Yeah, God basically was like, I'm, you did the right thing. I'm glad you, even the, your willingness to, you know, mm-hmm. hang out with this idea um, proves your faith in me or whatever. Again, not the the best read. Um, I'm going to say, I think it's probably a yeah. I think this movie was recommended. All right, so they have a funny system here. Okay. All right, I've never seen this website before. Yeah. So they have a, a content. Mm-hmm. There's like a category content with a numeric score. Okay. That apparently can be negative. Yeah. And then there's a production quality that is represented by star symbols. Okay. It got three out of four stars for production quality. Very well made. But its content scored minus four. Ooh, okay. And, and here are the reasons. The, they actually then list them. So I'm, I'm wrong. Well, okay. I'm not going to spoil it yet. Okay. The content minus four is intentional blasphemy. There we go. Evil, gross immorality, mm-hmm. and or worldview problems, parenthetically, to be avoided. <laughs> Okay. Is this an active website or is this yeah, like... I mean, it loaded. I mean, I mean, is it being updated? I don't know. I didn't... I, did, I only looked at this one review. Because we, we got to check every movie. Quick note from the editor here about this website specifically. We read a bit more and found some things that we do not agree with on there. So we do not recommend it, nor will we be continuing to reference it. If you know of another site that offers reviews from a Christian or a simply religious point of view and isn't also very hateful... Please do let us know because we would love to reference it on the show. The headline yeah. for this movie, the, the headline for this movie's review is thoroughly stupid and abhorrent theology. Oh, there we go. Which is interesting mm-hmm. because in a, in a funny way, it does swing back around at the end. Well, again, I, we can talk about the ending now, maybe. Well, I mean, I would even, the ending I, I find confusing and possibly very scary. Well, sure. Yeah. Because the ending certainly allows for the likelihood that our narrator, Matthew McConaughey, in fact, has been set on a mission by God mm-hmm. and is being protected by God yeah. and is destroying demons, yeah. one of which was his, his brother mm-hmm. and, and, you know, Powers Booth. But even at the end, we're still not really, I mean, I think it, I think it tips the scales in that direction. Yeah. Because of the video. The video right? thing. Okay. So well, let's, let's, let's back up a little more. Um, so, right. It's two brothers. Uh, it's being told by Matthew McConaughey, who shows up at the FBI agent's office and um, introduces himself as Fenton, um, not Adam. Adam. Adam is the younger brother. Fenton is the older brother, played by Matt O'Leary in the flashbacks. Who Matt O'Leary was in a movie called Natural Selection in 2011 that like I fucking love. Um, but Matt O'Leary's been in a bunch of stuff like as he grew up, like a lot of low budget horror movies, things like that. Anyhow, love Matt O'Leary. Um, so Fenton is just old enough to know that this is bad and wrong, but not old enough to figure out how to get himself out of the situation. And Adam is too young to do anything but fully trust his father. Well, yeah, and I'm not sure that that's... I think the movie portrays Fenton as being able to think of a way out of the situation, but his father... I mean, he goes to the sheriff. I mean, he doesn't... He tries to report him. He tries. He brings him home. He yeah. begs the sheriff to go down and look at the bodies. Yeah. He does everything I think a kid could possibly do in a time before cell phones and cameras are everywhere. Mm-hmm. He, he, he does his best, but he's, he doesn't succeed. Right. Yeah. 
Because he is a 13-year-old. Yeah. Or something. I think he's younger. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, so, right. Uh, eventually, he, his father, Bill Paxton, um, God gives him a list of names. And they are people, real people, in and around uh, their neighborhood in Texas. And he starts picking them up and murdering them. And, yeah. Bill, and, and at this point, it's important to remind everybody, Bill Paxton plays this with such aw shucks enthusiasm mm-hmm. that it is actually like kind of sad and haunting the whole time through. It is. Because he indicates at one point that God spoke to him. He said he was going to give him three weapons mm-hmm. and then a list of names. And he, and he comes in with the first weapon. Yeah. And uh, we, and we get the opportunity to see the world, I guess, through his eyes, you know, as he explains it. And it's just an axe that I guess he steals from this barn. Yeah, and gloves and it's gloves. gloves. And, and I don't and know what an they're axe. gonna. He says, "I don't know what the gloves are for yet. I, yeah. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll explain sure I'll it figure to it out. Yeah. explain it to me." And then he comes back with the last weapon, and, it, and it's he's a pipe. And he's holding it as though it's a sword wrapped in, you mm-hmm. know, a, a, a blanket, and mm-hmm. it's just a lead pipe or whatever kind of pipe. It looks iron. Iron. It's shiny. Who cares? I'm not yeah. A, I mean, I, I actually right. think the design dollar. of the weapons is yeah. really good. Yeah. The axe, it, it looks old. It looks used. It's got someone's name. And it's name. got the word Otis. Otis, yeah. Um, and in in an interview, uh, Paxson said that he named the axe Otis um, to make it a character. Mm-hmm. That basically giving it a name kind of gave it a life of its own. And... I think that the way that the the axe is shot, the way it's it's brandished by the characters, um, it succeeds in that. Yeah, I mean that it, axe becomes scary. The yeah. pipe is terrifying it, too. It's yeah. yeah. The scenery whacks the guy in the back of the head. That I have a note about it. I like wrote it down because it's such a perfectly um, manufactured scare, and it's so basic. So this is the old man. The old man scene. Pretending his his dog is under Mm -hmm. the car. Yeah. So he convinces Fenton to like kneel down by this guy who whose name is on his list by his car and be really upset because his dog is under the car. And the guy comes back and he's like, Oh, what's going on? And he's like, My dog's under the car. And the moment he bends down, Paxton is fully hidden behind him with the pipe above, and he's making the scariest face I've ever seen. And I'm like, what a simple scare. And it's so effective. Like, it's it's a pop-up scare, but, like, just done with a guy's face being mm-hmm. scary. <laughs> yeah. This movie's really well shot. It's very good. Yeah. It's well lit. It's, it's made by someone who really loved movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the same way Tarantino really loved movies. Yeah. I think Paxton just loved movies, and Paxton had a way longer career in him. Mm-hmm. There's another scene. I think it's the scene where he actually tells his sons. And so the son's bedrooms is, is two twin beds mm-hmm. in, in one room, yeah. one son in each bed. And he sits in the bed with Adam and Fenton is in the other bed. So the camera's between them and you get to see like Fenton isolated and um, Paxton and, and his and Adam like together. And as he's explaining kind of what God has told him, what they're going to start doing. The camera is zooming, not even zooming, it's dollying back very slowly in a way that is like showing the isolation, showing like the rift opening between them, but also like making it really creepy. Yeah, it's an eerie movie. Yeah, because it's like Fenton is shrinking. And and they frame the, there's a shot they go back to over and over, <clears throat> over, and over again mm-hmm. of the door to their bedroom. Yeah. And the way you know Bill Paxton, his dad, fills the door, mm-hmm. and it becomes this threatening sort of yeah. 
just his standing in the door starts to feel menacing because and he's these always, kids are stuck in this little space. And he's he, always shot from a really low angle, which big. would kind of be where his kid's eyes are. So you're always looking at him from their point of view. Like, especially the scene with him coming behind the guy with the pipe. Mm-hmm. You are looking straight up from Fenton's eye line. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's... This is a lot of talent. This is like a lot of control. Yeah, it feels sad yeah. that it, he didn't make more movies. It must yeah. have. He must not have loved it because mm-hmm. I'm sure he had opportunity. Man, the lighting's good too. There's a, the first kill is shot. Um, it's it's done with flashlights. I, I believe there's like a real like three point lighting setup, so they've got full lights. Yeah, but it's dim, and your attention is drawn with a flashlight that is kind of moving. Yeah, and it's just it's really menacing. And like small details that make stuff scary. Yeah, and the very premise of a movie about a person who's simply so confident in his purpose mm-hmm. that he perpetrates crimes in broad daylight, yeah. believing that he cannot be stopped. Yeah. It's a scary idea. It you is. Know, it, you know, like it's a- the movie was written by a guy named Brent Hanley. So yeah, this is Brent Hanley's only feature. And... Thought maybe he'd be a novelist or something. I couldn't find any evidence of him really writing anything else. He wrote a Masters of Horror episode a few years later. But there is evidence that he does exist. It's not just a pseudonym. No, this is, yeah. Like there's interviews with him and stuff. Okay. But I just think maybe he was never able to sell another script. I will say this is a great script. Yeah. I wonder if every script he wrote was about a man being possessed or inspired by God to kill uh, if, his If you know, he demons. had another in him. I Like I really have no idea. I can't find anything about him. I thought I found his Facebook page, but I don't think it was him. If it was, then he's a pilot now. But um, So this screenplay in 2002 won the um, Bram Stoker yeah. Best Screenplay Award. Stephen King liked and it, it very much. it beat um, Minority Report, The Ring, and Signs. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I mean, Signs is a, is a garbage script. Um, I know we disagree about science. Uh, one day we're, we're, we're going to do a science episode, I think. Yeah. We have to. Maybe we might as well. Mm-hmm. But, I, but that's the another Ring movie and that's... Minority Report, yeah. like, that's impressive. Signs comes to a similar conclusion mm-hmm. as frailty. It does. Swing away. Swing away. Swing away, Fenton. Swing away, Fenton. <laughs> but, okay. So, yeah, I, I think this might be the only thing he really wrote and I found an interview with him on dvdtalk.com, which you know, I, I assume this is a pretty old interview. But um, he they ask him where he came up with the idea, and his response is that it's 100% autobiographical. <laughs> which um, That does explain why he only wrote the one. Yeah, yeah. But um, It would be surprising to me if Fenton Meeks he, wrote a second story. <laughs> he grew up in Texas. Grew up in the church, uh, Southern Baptist. So I think... Yeah, Bill Paxton also from Texas. Powers Booth also from Texas. McConaughey. McConaughey Real Texas Texas. guy. So yeah, yeah, this is a Texas movie. Through and through. Yeah. And these people are native Mm -hmm. Texans. Yeah. Not just driving in from Texas. No. No, they're from Texas. Mm -hmm. They didn't shoot the movie in Texas. They didn't. No, they shot it in California. That was going to be my guess because almost everything is shot in California. It looks like Texas. They did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think a Texas um, dungeon would look like. Yeah. Oh, man. Did you catch? I mean, you probably did because I took a picture of it and sent it to the group chat. Um, You catch the name of the town that uh, Matthew McConaughey is living in? I'm sure they said it a few times, actually, but now I can't think of what it is. Meat. Oh, 
No, that really? Yes. Mate. That I, doesn't sound right. I had to rewind it and I listened to it and I tried to see it and I'm like, oh, I can just turn captions on. So I turned on the captions. Mate. I saw the captions. I, I sort of assumed that was just a bad caption. No. Mate is the name of the town. I, I triple confirmed it because I just couldn't believe it. Meat. Yeah. I believe it is a fictional town. I don't think there is a meat Texas, but um, an M-E-A-T. But because um, they make reference to geography a couple times, but mm-hmm. it's possible, yeah, it's probably just fictional. Because, yeah, you know. Um, but right, <laughs> meat. <laughs> I feel like we're losing. I feel like the air is coming out of this, I this know. episode. Right okay, now. so let's let's talk about about the okay. the ending. Well, yeah, he um, Fenton doesn't believe him. He I, starts doing murders. Yeah, so yeah, so the the story that Matthew McConaughey is telling Powers Booth, the FBI agent, mm-hmm. is that he was the doubter. Yeah. And he that, he and introduces that, himself as Fenton. So and then he dis, he sort of challenged his father at every step. He tried to get his father arrested to no avail. Yeah. His father didn't exactly lash out. But, but he, he punished him. Well, yeah. With physical labor. He made him dig a 15 by 15 foot hole in the ground. You know what? It's funny, actually. I'd like to cut back a little bit. I did not... Watching it now for maybe only the second time, although I might have seen it again since mm-hmm. the first time I saw it, what struck me more this time... Well, I'm now closer in age to Bill Paxton than I was yeah. when I saw it when I was in college. Um, but there's there's a lot more of, of Bill Paxton's character feeling confused by his own sons, not understanding what he's yeah. going through. Uh-huh. Uh, he th- seems legitimately hurt. Well, that his son doesn't believe him. And well, and beyond hurt, confused. He's yeah. like, I can't believe you didn't see that. Mm-hmm. You'll see it next time, I'm sure. And then he comes back later. He said, I prayed on it. I, what you said, to, I, I asked God to explain it. And he, I, I asked him to come to see you. I asked him to go to you. Mm-hmm. But he came to me instead. And he said something that uh, I just can't believe. You know, I, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do what he said that I should do. Yeah, and so he doesn't I, say what it I, is. Yeah, and, I, and but I, he just implies. I didn't that, clock it the first time I watched it 20 years ago. Yeah. And, but knowing where it goes, I'm like, oh, that's sort of a sad, weird aspect of it. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a good movie. Yeah. So he basically tries to push his son so hard that he sees God. Um, so yeah, Paxton's yeah, yeah dad he, does. He forces him to dig this giant hole, which he then turns into a cellar, as as they refer to it, under their shed in the backyard. Yeah, storm cellar. Which is now like the murder room. Also, is that really how you build a cellar? Because I want to do that. I could dig a big hole and then put a bunch of wood in it. No, you can't. Yeah, I can. Where? In your backyard. All right. Really? Because mm-hmm. that was all I wanted when I was watching. I'm like, I'm like, wow, this is child abuse. But also, is it that easy to make a room? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, said the, I said the same thing to my wife. I said, I'm going to go out there and dig some tunnels. Right? Didn't you, didn't you just want to start digging shit? Not really. Oh, me. I did. Because his hands get all yes. messed up. Yeah. Like, Although that's because his, uh, he refuses to wear to gloves. To wear the gloves. Yeah. Kind of stupid. Yeah. Just to spite him. But right now they've got the storm cellar, which is now the uh, designated murder room where they bring their demons and kill them. And yeah, Adam, not Adam, Fenton runs off, tries to get the sheriff to stop a murder from happening. And then uh, Paxton has to kill the sheriff. Um, Yeah, because the mission is more important. Yeah. And it's the first time he admits to killing a person. It's the first. Well, yeah. 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 And uh, 
And that's, that's the first time he describes what he does. Yeah. Because he does admit to destroying the other people, mm-hmm. although they're not people. Destroying demons. They are destroying. We're not killing yeah. people to, we're destroying there's, demons. There is a point where he says the line, they look like people, yeah. which is a um, the name of a movie that came out a few years ago uh, about a schizophrenic who uh, is seeing aliens. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, they lo- and he says, they look like people. And that's what the movie's called. It's a great movie. Highly recommend they look like people. But again, it's another like schizophrenia theme um, that like I've seen in other media that's expressed identically in frailty. But of course, I do not think is what the ending implies is actually happening. Yeah, I think. And, and so, yeah, we get to the end of the story. Yeah. And uh, he, he locks Fennin in the in the cellar for right, like for two weeks. It or feels something. like time. Pa- he loses all sense of time. Yeah. And he drifts into this like darkness mm-hmm. and he insists that he. It's really upsetting. Yeah. It's so disturbing. It's disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but right then, Fenton sees God. He says he's got a mission of his own. They go off to do, the, do a, a capture of a demon and a murder together for the first time. And right as Fenton is about to swing the axe, he turns and he, and he hits Lodges his Lodges it right in his father's yeah. chest. Who, yeah. who dies. And then the two kids are left kind of to figure out what to do next. Um, and that's pretty much where like the flashbacky parts end. And right. now we're, well, we're in the present. What, what do the kids figure out what to do next? Well, they bury him in the rose garden. Mm-mm. What? Adam immediately destroys the demon. Oh, yeah. Adam immediately kills the guy. The, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Fenton yeah. tries oh, to save the and guy. And that is fucking scary because it's a tiny little boy with an axe. With Otis. <laughs> murdering a, 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 a person. Who Fenton is about to let go. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's rough. And they bury them both out in the Rose Garden. Yes. And that's what brings us to the mm-hmm. conclusion of McConaughey's yeah. flashback. So McConaughey as Fenton has shown up at the FBI because he says that Adam is dead. That um, Adam has killed himself and he has been the serial killer who's been active. And he is now, you know, giving him all the evidence he needs. So... Him and the FBI agent drive to the Rose Garden where all the bodies are. And when they arrive at the Rose Garden, he tells the end of the story, which is that Adam promises Fenton to bury his body in the Rose Garden. And Powers Booth, FBI agent, is like, but you said that you promised your brother. And he said, "It would that would be true if... Though if it wasn't, if I wasn't Adam, if I had like, put I'm a little Adam. trick on you, Woo. Yeah. yeah. Which and, and honestly, when that reveal happened, I didn't remember it, um, and it was sort of like, oh yeah, he does look more like Adam. <laughs> he looks yeah. way more like Adam, and the well, other one, guy who's playing older Fenton looks way more like Fenton. Yeah, one of them so, had dark brown hair, and one of them had real fair hair. Exactly. So I was sort of like, oh duh, <laughs> but but the movie did a really good job not making me think that. And I think the movie's I thought it was plays, goofy at first, and I, then the way it played out after, I thought it was kind of fun. I think they're very fair about that because yeah. all the evidence is on the screen. It really <laughs> it is. It wasn't just a, uh, I know what you did last summer. Uh, the killer was a man in a, <laughs> a fisherman's coat. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so at that point. I also love the line Powers Booth had where he's looking at the corp, like the mounds of dirt. He's yeah. like, wait a minute. There's way too many bodies here. <laughs> yeah. 
there's only there's only six victims. It's also like they've done such a terrible job hiding the bodies. I know. It's just these giant dug up like dirt mounds that look like graves. I can't believe anybody thinks that's how you grow roses. Yeah. But but I mean, so what do you so basically he reveals himself to be Adam. He touches the cop has a flash of, of the cop's sins. So every time um, Paxton is going to kill someone, he touches them and you see him sort of like having this like Well, when Paxton seizure. was doing it, you'd see Paxton seizing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. and But but you wouldn't see what Paxton was... And at, you wouldn't see the, the hallucination That he, he claimed he was having. Yeah. And at this point, you actually get to see all those... Flashes. Yeah. Well, you get you, well because Adam was a kid who said he said he could see it all the, yeah, the whole time. That also. he was actually also having that experience of seeing the flashes. But see, even up to this point, mm-hmm. it's still perfectly plausible that yeah. Adam simply was hallucinating. Yeah. And continues to because yeah. there's a scene in early on where Adam pro- produces his own list of names, mm-hmm. and it's just kids that were given that were trouble at school. Him. Yeah. And his and dad chastises oh, him. He's man. like, no, you can't just write down a list of names. Yeah. You have to be You have to be given the list by God. You can't just be like, kill my bully dad. Yeah. So even up to this point, it's still perfectly reasonable mm-hmm. that that the character that we're watching, Adam, is either just a killer yeah. or has these uh, hallucinations that were brought on by this traumatic episode in his youth, or that both he and his father are schizophrenic. Are, yeah, yeah, genealogically likely to have schizophrenia. You know, mm-hmm. although again, I don't know if that's actually this movie probably gets schizophrenia closer to what it does. The actual experience of schizophrenia no, would be yes. It's like it's the movies a that voice I am, that is giving you absolute direction. Yeah, the movies that I am referencing are ones that I think are have like kind of studied the topic. Like, are they you know? fair and kind representations of what it would be like to live that way. I don't know, but I do believe that like, this is a depiction of schizophrenia. Yeah. Like and, last and one that's about, kind of accurate. We talked yeah. about Moon Knight and how yeah. the, it's depiction of multiple personality disorder is or bullshit. whatever it's called. In the, yeah. DID. Yeah. yeah and, and this feels a lot more authentic mm-hmm. and, and it's really, uh, Again, frankly, much probably of the movie. harmful to people who are actually mentally ill. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, uh, I, Closer, I, do I think, think to they're the experience trying. of somebody yeah. actually having an episode. But then again, well, what do you think? What What do you think is is the the right answer? I think that the end he gives a push toward he's he's on the level. I believe that the movie is one hundred percent. It's not super. It's not a hundred. I don't think it's a hundred percent. No, okay, because then it's like maybe ninety. There, there's a bit where he talks about how uh, where all the FBI agents, the one FBI agent that saw him. Says he can't remember the guy's face. It's yeah. just like a blur. Yeah. And then they look at all the videotape and it's, and it's all the ring. got that tracking. Yeah. yeah. That tracking it. They got blurry face. Yeah. yeah. So those those are the points that What's tend. What's that song? I, my name's Blurry Face and I don't care about you. You know that song? Is that by you too? Yes. Yeah. Continue. And uh, so, so that tips toward, you know, taking the... Telling the viewer that he is in fact a weapon of God, mm-hmm. destroying demons, and oh, and, and sorry, the other thing. Well, see, here's the thing: they show us that all these pe- people slash demons mm-hmm. that were being killed were in fact doing abusive, horrible things. murderers, killing or, children. You know, yeah, killing their spouse, and killing children, killing their stabbed mother. His mom. Yeah. He killed his own mom. But we're not told that that's true. Mm-hmm. We're only told that that's what they, that's what Adam has perceived. Yeah, in each scenario. Yeah. 
And so again, up until up until the videotape, mm-hmm. the only that's the only thing that really suggests there might have been some supernatural quality. Yeah. And frankly, videotape did look crummy a lot of the time. Yeah. Degradation of tape isn't supernatural. Yeah. But so maybe it's not that it's clear not a hundred percent clear cut. Yeah. Except that it, it as my wife put it, the movie made her feel bad yeah. because we watched a serial killer succeed. Yes. And uh, we're told at the well, end that he's uh, that he he's it's right. Kind of a super fucked up ending. Yeah. To basically be like, like one, there's all of these horrible murderers, and then two, this there's a guy being told by God to do murder. Yeah. Like it's kind of scary. It's sort of like everyone's bad in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Except for no Adams, who is killing, destroying demons. Yeah, but I, I still don't think he's depicted as a if, good character for doing think, that. Hold on. If yeah. you believe that God is directing him to destroy demons. So maybe this is like a very anti-God a, movie. hundred percent like the hero. God is really... I mean, this is, again, this hold is on, lawful good on. shit. Let's talk about whether yeah. or not we want the demons to be alive. Okay. We don't. I mean, I don't want anyone to die, but I would like people to be stopped Are if you? they're doing bad things. As soon as the word demon escapes your lips, okay, we're not talking. And this is actually the point of the movie, okay. really. We're not talking about people. We're talking about demons. We're talking about demons from, I presume, hell. Yeah. I don't. Again, I'm not a theolo- theologian. Yeah, and, and a- it, it isn't given that much detail. It's sort of a throwaway term. Yeah, it's just they're demons. Yeah, yeah, and I think they're demons due to their actions. Well, no, they're demons because they're demons. Well, do you think that Fenton was born a demon? Yes. Huh. Okay. That's what I think. All right. I think that in the in the narrative in the minds of Dad and Adam, mm-hmm. and by the way, Adam is a you know yeah, Dad and Adam, these are demons through and through who are on Earth perpetrating acts of evil. Mm-hmm. Not they're not like guilty, yeah. and because of that, they have been adjudged. Yeah, you know, it's not this is I don't think for example I don't know that this movie is in favor of capital punishment. Mm-hmm. You know I don't because. The one guy who's killing people doesn't believe he's killing people. Yeah. And when he kills a person, he is... Pretty upset about bro- it. Yeah, he's like yeah. overwhelmed by the fact that he has now fallen. Yeah. Uh, I don't it's know. It, it, uh, like, I'm really not sure what's what's right or yeah. like what the movie is saying, but I do think it's a fantastic thriller. Yeah, reading that review from the yeah. movie Reviews for Christians site, yeah. I was surprised... That they came down on the idea of this movie being avoided. Like, yeah. you should avoid this movie. Because I yeah. thought it was an inch. I'm surprised that they would take this movie all that seriously, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, did this movie blaspheme? That's the guy who's going to decide for us is movie, well, movieman.com. And he said yes. Yeah. What I would be curious about, actually, and I didn't follow up on it, was whether or not the American Psychiatric Association had a, a thought on this movie. That was going to be kind of my next question. Because yeah. I'm almost more interested in whether or not they think that it's a fair depiction of a, of a person. Yeah. Who, and, and, and I bet that it, I think that they... I'm not qualified. I, mm-hmm. I should say that. I'm not a psychiatrist. Yeah. It's, but, I mean, it's certainly not a positive or kind depiction of a mentally ill person. Well, sure, but that's fine. Who cares? Yeah. You don't have to be kind. I care. No. That's ridiculous. Okay. Fenton in this movie is in a oh, nightmare scenario where he has potentially I, a, a uh, schizophrenic or psych- yeah. psychotic father who has total control over him, mm-hmm. who is killing people. What I care about is whether or not it is discussed in a way 
where we include the fact that it is not a kind depiction of a schizophrenic. Okay, well, we've done that now. Yeah, yes. I just wanted to make it clear that, like, am I like, this is immoral, don't do this, this movie is yeah, bad? Yeah, sure. No, I don't feel that way. I don't I don't really care about that. I just, like, want it to You're be... Right. I, I don't want people to think that's how schizophrenic Yeah, and it, it is easy. Hollywood yeah. often falls back on mental illness or even physical disfigurement mm-hmm. as an easy like, sort of... I have of, a um, whole list of horror movies that uh, depict the mental illness as, like... An evil, just depravity. Exactly, yeah. and like homosexuality was similarly really used in the old movies. It's really offensive to do that. Um, and so, do <laughs> I think frailty is <laughs> is kind of doing that? Yeah, I do, you but guess. I also think it, it's a it's a fun watch. The next one that we yeah. do should be the Brian De Palma film with Michael Caine. No, I want to do a, a Paxton series. Sure, we can in do fact, that. I, oh, I said we were, we were going to do that on the other podcast you, I did. You told so me you had a simple to. plan. We're doing a simple plan. A podcast series. What is the plan? Oh, it's to do uh, Bill Paxton movies. Okay. Yeah, what's that the, is my simple plan. What's the What's the next one you want to do? A simple plan. You have to elaborate. Um, so I'd like to watch a simple plan. Okay. I actually started listening to the audiobook. Oh wow! Yeah. I read the book. Great. Then we're going to be on the same page. I doubt it. I, fin- I finished the book. Yeah, and I'm listening to it. I'm not even flipping pages. How do you like that experience? What? Of listening to a book being read to you, I love it. Really, it's like it's like the, what it's parental. Let's close on this idea. Do you consider that reading? <sighs> no, because reading would involve me reading a book. I do. I do consider it absorbing a story. Yeah, being told. Yeah, being, yeah, yeah. Sure. It's like a, I, I got into a conversation. Yeah. I'd like to call it a conversation. I mean, I said I was dialogue. listening to it, right? I didn't say I was reading it. Well, yeah, but some people well, some describe people audiobooks will, yeah. as a I mean, as a facsimile for. I think it's a weird judgment, and I think some people will be like, "Oh, I'm reading this because they feel shame that they're listening to it." When they should feel that shame. No, they shouldn't. Absolutely, you're absorbing a story. Who cares? Who cares what orifice it's going into? How do you read? (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit! I almost knocked my mic over. (laughs) Fuck. Oh man! All right. Anyhow, um, what do you think about uh, Adam being a cop? I think he's a good one. Really? Oh, God, see, <laughs> I did, that should be the last note on yeah. frailty. Adam grows up to be a murderous he's cop. A, he's a sheriff. He's doing his job. He was elected. Yeah. People wanted him. People wanted him. He's made a baby. Isn't that interesting? By the way, why make her pregnant? Why make it seem as a... Because like, it's going to continue. Yeah, right? Because it, and, and it's either going to continue because yeah. this is a, genetic. a condition that he passes down. Yeah. Or because they're a bloodline that's been mm-hmm. touched by God. Yeah. By the way, they, <laughs> I like that Bill Paxton says that they're not the only ones. Yeah. That's an interesting movie. Mm-hmm. It actually has... It does everything I like about movies and that it... Gives you just enough yeah. to understand what's happening while leaving you with enough empty space yeah. to let your imagination actually fill in some blanks mm-hmm. on your own. Uh, there was an article I read, and in a, in a, I probably referenced this article a lot actually on this podcast, but there's an article I read on a website that's no longer here called The Dissolve, and it was the, I think the headline was Lore is a Four-Letter Word, mm-hmm. and it was all about how in the first Friday the 13th movie, there's legitimate scares mm-hmm. um, because you don't know anything about what's going on. It's almost like a mystery until the end. Yeah. I could be wrong. I'm not really a Friday the 13th guy. But because it, oh, no, they, it is. It, because it, they it, wanted a sequel, a mm-hmm. they start to explain it. And then each successive sequel sort of 
over explains the lore to the point that now there's no mystery at all. And it's just like watching a guy in a, a machine yeah. really go about his like business. And uh, so it very much is. And, and that's how you get him in space. And they said made a the same is sort of the true of almost any sequel, any horror yeah. sequel. Mm-hmm. It, they lose a lot of what made the first movie interesting because a lot of what makes a movie interesting is not understanding what's happening. Yeah. And a sequel kind of requires that you explain everything that was interesting about the first movie mm-hmm. for anybody that didn't see that one. And so you start to lose the, the mystique right away. And this movie, Frailty, has a ton of of uh, mystique because yeah. it's really all told through one person's perspective. And mm-hmm. it's not even the person who's telling the story at the end. Yeah. It's a good movie. I really like it. Yeah. I, I mean, do do I feel like I learned anything? Like, do I feel like it has it communicates anything important? No. But... It's a great movie that I really enjoyed watching and thinking about. Um, like I found it, I found it very like a stimulating, honestly, because it erotic. Yeah, no. There's that shot of McConaughey. Kind of. I did tell Matt that he's gonna be Bill Paxton for Halloween with the Otis axe and the like, um, the 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 shirt with the and buttons, the sideburns, and the two blood handprints down. Yeah, that'd be yeah. Good. I'm I'm gonna make Matt be him for Halloween because. Like I said, I think he's kind of sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Touched by God. Yeah. God's, these are God's hands. These are God's hands. <laughs> oh. I really like the scenery he's on his back under the car and he's visited by the I angel. I love it. I love the lighting and the in that scene too. And the sword is on too. fire. Mm-hmm. And, the, and oh, I, really, I really enjoyed how the underworkings of a car, the undercarriage just starts to like warp into and this cathedral ceiling. This like goofy 2001 this, um, special effects, yeah. but at the same time, super, it, it's, it's perfect for the scene. Yeah. And it's, and it works for me because yeah. when I look at the undercarriage of a car, it starts to look like some mystery almost. And I, I'm, I'm very ignorant with respect to how everything works down there. And mm-hmm. so it does look like this dark cavern you know, of pipes and, and oil and shadow. And then yeah. it turns into this other thing. And then this, this uh, frankly, terrifying angel, f- you know, like floats down with a flaming sword, doesn't yeah. say a word. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's really good. It's a really, that's the th- that image is what I remembered most from the movie Frailty. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like burned into my, my visual memory. Yeah. So uh, definitely thumbs up on Frailty. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a blast. I'm, I'm really with Ebert on this one, yeah. not with... Movie reviews for movie, Christians. Movie man for Christian. I wonder if they did a simple plan. I mean, we. I think we need to reference at, at that the, website at the very least. They have, their yeah. their catalog goes back to frailty. Yeah, and a simple plan predates this by about three years. Yeah, about four yeah. years maybe. Well, we'll we'll talk about that next week, and we'll continue this this Paxton. Um, what, what should we call it? Bill Paxton versus God. <laughs> we'll see who wins. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, good episode. Yeah, I, I, we, rest in peace, Bill Paxton. I honestly do miss him very much. We didn't get to talk about Cheesecake Factory or On the Border. No. Well, do you want to talk quickly about what we ate before this one? Uh, yeah, pizza. What, what did you eat? Pizza, pepperoni. Pepperonis. Yeah. Okay. They were good. Really good. All right. I picked it up myself. It's great. Have a good night. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> Baby's love never come unwound. My baby's love.